Documents. 1841 Census. The 1841 Census was the first modern census, when the first Registrar-General of England and Wales was made responsible for organizing the count. The 1841 Census was taken on the night of June 6, 1841 and gave the total population as 18,553,124. The task of counting was passed to local officers of the newly created Registration Service. This is the earliest census that has survived in its entirety, few of the 1801, 1811, 1821 and 1831 censuses have survived the ravages of time. 1841 was the first time that the head of each household was given a form to fill in on behalf of everyone in the dwelling on a set day. This system still forms the basis of the method used today. Note, in the 1841 census a policy of rounding down ages was in place. As such, people aged 15 to 19 were recorded as 15. 20 to 24 were recorded as 20. 25 to 29 were recorded as 25. 30 to 34 were recorded as 30. 35 to 39 were recorded as 35, and so on. 1851 Census. Each householder was required to complete a census schedule giving the address of the household, the names, ages, sex, occupations and places of birth of each individual residing in his or her accommodation. In 1851, Householders were asked to give more precise details of the places of birth of each resident, to state their relationship to him or her, marital status and the nature of any disabilities from which they may have suffered. The enumerator then collected the census schedules and these were copied into census enumerators' books. The way these are grouped may mean that a road is split over several folios with other streets in between. In this case the street indexes should list a series of folio references. Although the original census schedules were destroyed many years ago, the books were kept and eventually moved to the Pro Archive. The books were then filmed in 1970 to prevent the increasing usage from destroying these fragile records. You may find the odd torn or mutilated page but in general the records have survived in remarkable condition considering the heavy usage they have had. 1861 Census Taken on the night of Sunday-Monday 7th-8th of April 1861 details recorded for each person were Name and Surname relationship to the head of family, age, sex, marital status, occupation, place of birth whether they were blind, or deaf and dumb. The following information was recorded in the schedules about each dwelling and person residing there on the night of the census. The address, whether the dwelling was inhabited or uninhabited or building, name and surname of each person residing at the dwelling on the night of the census, relationship of each person to the head of the family, each person's marital status, condition age and sex, rank, profession, or occupation, were born, parish and county, or if born outside of England or Wales, just the country whether they were blind, or deaf and dumb. The information collected in this census was the same as 10 years before except for an extra piece of information on whether the house was inhabited or not, this had been included in the 1841 census but not in 1851. 1871 Census when the 1871 census was taken on the night of April 2, 1871 the total population was recorded as 26,072,036. For the first time, the General Register Office attempted to coordinate taking a census across all the colonies and dependencies in the British Empire. The results found that there were 234,762,593 people in the British Empire. As well as the information listed above, in 1871 the census may have recorded additional information about the property in which a relative was living. 
Piece number 693 is missing from the 1881 census, house number 17 to 22 Cunard Street, Camberwell, London. Part of house number 16 could be missing too if the house contained more children, a boarder or a visitor. The original documents would have been given to your ancestors several days before 2nd of April, and the head of household would have been asked to fill in the details for anyone who would have been residing at that address on the census date. If the head of the household was unable to read or write, the enumerator, a literate person who would be collecting the census forms, would help fill in the details. Because of this, however, you may note mistakes that were made, such as name spellings. It should also be noted that many people were often economical with the truth when it came to their ages. Note, the census includes details of people resident in docked vessels and institutions such as prisons, workhouses, hospitals, and barracks, as well as individual households. 1881 Census When the 1881 census was taken on April 3, the total population of England, Wales and Scotland was recorded as 29,707,207. The First Boer War ended only weeks before the 1881 census. The original documents would have been given to your ancestors several days before 3rd of April, and the head of household would have been asked to fill in the details for anyone who would have been residing at that address on the census date. From the 1881 census you can find out where your ancestors were living, who they were living with, what their occupations were, if they had any servants, who their neighbors were, if they had any brothers and sisters, what their ages were at the time of the census, if they had any disabilities. 1891 Census When the 1891 census was taken on April 5, the total population of England, Wales and Scotland was recorded as 33,015,701. At the time of the 1891 census, Queen Victoria was the British monarch, the London-Paris telephone system has just opened and Sherlock Holmes would appear for the first time in the Strand magazine in June. In this census householders were asked how many rooms, if less than five, their family occupied, and additional occupation information was also taken. 1901 Census When the 1901 census was taken on March 31, 1901, the total population of England, Wales and Scotland was recorded as 36,999,946. From 1801 the population had nearly quadrupled. In January 1901 the reign of Queen Victoria ended and her eldest son became King Edward VII. In that same year, Winston Churchill made his maiden speech at the House of Commons, the Apollo Theatre opened in London and Scotland Yard established the first UK Fingerprint Bureau. 1911 Census The amount of information listed varies, but the 1911 census records usually include at least the following information about your ancestor. Where an individual lived. Their age at the time of the census. Who or relatives, they were living with. Their place of birth. Occupation. Details of any guests on the night of the census. Details of any servants they had. Also, depending on an individual's circumstances, additional information could include whether they were an employee or employer. Precise details of the industry or service they worked in. Details of nationality. Duration of their current marriage. Number of children born to that marriage. Number of children still living, and the number who had died. Details of any illnesses or conditions each family member had, and the date these began. On the 1911 census transcriptions, you'll also be able to see any recorded details of children born to women in prison who were aged 3 or under at the time of the census. For the first time ever, we've made the infirmity column of the 1911 census available for you to view. See how your ancestors reported your family's illnesses and conditions and the age at which these began. 
This can provide a revealing insight into the previously censored health of your family in 1911, as well as your ancestors' views of their relations' well-being. As well as searching for a person, you can also search the 1911 census by address, ideal for tracing your house history or exploring the local history of an area. By noting how many households there were in a building, and whether the household included servants or boarders or visitors, you can gain insight into the social circumstances of the family. 1939 Register Like a census, the register can tell you a lot about how your ancestors actually lived. You can find out if your ancestors had servants or staff, who their neighbors were, how many children they had and what they all did for a living. Each person's record contains Name Full date of birth Address Marital status Occupation Most people are recorded as a member of a household. Some people are recorded as a member of an institution. In this case, they are classified with one of five letters. O. Officer V. Visitor S. Servant P. Patient I. Inmate You can find out very precise details about the occupation of your ancestor. If they were a farm worker, you can find out what kind of farm they worked on. If they worked in a factory, you can find out what the factory produced. You can find out whether your ancestor made the goods they sold, if they worked in a shop. If they worked in medicine or the law you can discover what branch they specialized in. The 1939 register required people to explain exactly what they did. The notes that came with the form were very precise about how to note the occupation. General terms, often found on previous census documents, such as foreman, overseer, doctor, mill hand, porter or farmer, were not acceptable. Instead, people were asked to be as specific as possible, giving details of the trade, manufacturer or branch of a profession. The 1939 Register is one of the most important 20th century genealogical resources for England and Wales. The 1931 census was destroyed by fire. No census was taken in 1941 because of the war. So the 1939 Register is the only national census-like resource available for this period. Once war became inevitable the British government knew they had to issue national identity cards. They planned for the wide-scale mobilization of the population and the eventual introduction of rationing. The most recent census was now almost a decade old, so more up-to-date statistics were needed. Some preparations had already begun for the 1941 census, so the government capitalized on this to take a register of the civilian population. They issued identity cards immediately afterwards, which were used until 1952. The government constantly updated and changed the 1939 register over time to take account of changes of address or deaths. When they introduced rationing in 1941, they planned it with information from the 1939 register. The 1939 register eventually formed the basis of the NHS registration system. The blacked-out entries are closed records for people who are still alive, this is updated every three months on subscription sites if you think that someone should appear on the 1939 register because they've died, you can request online a copy of their death certificate from the General Register Office, GRO. You will also find other documents such as the England and Wales Births Index 1837-2006. Since July 1, 1837, civil registration of births has been a legal requirement of all citizens of England and Wales. The original documents are held by the General Register Office, GRO. By using the information found within this index, you can request the original document of your ancestor's birth you will need to register with the GRO site and pay a small fee. England and Wales Marriages 1837-2008 Civil registration of births, marriages and deaths began in July 1837. 
At that time, England and Wales was subdivided into administrative areas known as registration districts. Within each district, a registrar recorded births, marriages and deaths. Four times a year, in March, June, September, and December, all the registers for England and Wales were collated into a single countrywide index, arranged alphabetically by surname. Each quarter covers the month itself and the two preceding months. Note that, for the researcher, marriages, unlike births, have the advantage of being registered immediately at the time of the event. Please note that our marriage records do not extend as far as the present day. Marriages are delayed in reaching the central register, as, unlike births and deaths, the information relating to marriages has to be collated from churches and other religious establishments as well as district register offices. Marriages traditionally took place in the parish of the bride, which may or may not be located in the same registration district as the parish of the groom. Inaccuracies are often recorded in marriage registers, sometimes by accident and sometimes by design. The age field must be regarded with caution. Note that what is recorded is declared age rather than proven age. The bride and or groom often modify their respective ages, possibly to reduce a disparity in age, where one party is significantly younger than the other. Some early certificates unhelpfully state merely that the bride and or groom were of full age, which indicates that they were over the age of majority, 21 years of age at that time, and able to marry without their parents' consent. Also, previous marriages might be concealed from partners, even when the marriage has been terminated by death or legally dissolved. Bigamy is not so very uncommon that you can rule out the possibility of finding it on your own family tree. In any event, be prepared to treat with caution all declarations of marital status found on marriage certificates. England and Wales Deaths 1837-2007 Aside from giving you the obvious date of death for your ancestor, from 1866 the age of death is also included in the death index records, allowing you to approximate the year of their birth. From 1969 an exact date of birth is included. Once you have established a death within your family tree, you may wish to request a copy of the certificate from the General Register Office. If you do so, then the information you will find includes Full name of the person When and where a person died Age Occupation Cause of death, the duration of the last illness, the medical attendant and when he last saw the deceased Details of the informant, often a family member Names of the parents of the deceased and occupation of the father When and where buried or cremated Names of witnesses birthplace of the deceased and how long they lived in the country. If married, spouse name and marriage place. Living children in order of birth with their names and ages. Using the index to order certificates. Once you've discovered when and where your ancestor was born, married or died by using our birth, marriage and death records, you can order a certified copy of their birth, marriage or death certificate from the General Register Office, GRO. This service is available both to UK and non-UK residents and covers births, marriages and deaths registered in England and Wales, as well as certain registrations overseas. English and Welsh birth, marriage and death certificates are considered public records, so anyone can order a copy of them. If you are inquiring about a more recent birth or death certificate, recorded within the last 50 years, the GRO will require more detailed information from you than for older certificates. The easiest way to order a certificate is online through the Gov. UK website, www.gov.uk. You can also order certificates from the GRO by contacting them in this way. Email, certificate.services at ips.c.gov.uk telephone, plus 44, 0300, 123, 1837 address, 
Certificate Services Section General Register Office P.O. Box 2 Southport PR 82 JD. England Births and Baptisms. Each record contains a transcript of the original source material. The amount of information varies but you could find out the following about your ancestor. Name. Year of birth. Date of baptism. Place of baptism. 